0: Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson. I am actually back home uh, from vacation and then training camp just for basically 24 hours and then I'll be back up there Tuesday for padded practices. Things are going to really start ramping up on Tuesday. But since we talked last, the Steelers signed Quan Alexander, linebacker. Where's number 28, which is weird. I don't know if that's going to change or not, but he was there for one practice on Sunday right before we left. And did very little. I mean, he was on the field, not very much, you know, so didn't get any impression and, you know, worth noting in his first time putting on a sealer uniform. But this is what the Steelers are getting out of him. Well, first, why would you sign him? I think they're very unhappy with their, their uh, off-the-ball linebackers. I, I really do. I think they're afraid of what they have there right now. Not necessarily Holcomb, but just as a whole. I think it's the weakest position on the team. I think it was the weakest position on the team last year. I'm watching, you know, the practice before they signed Quan. I'm sitting there watching, you know, Kwiatkowski try to track down Zach Gentry and barely could in the open field. I mean, like, Zach Gentry is slow. And there's nothing, you know, showing you playmakers. So what are they getting in Alexander? Well, he's been sort of hit or miss throughout his career. Highly recruited, highly athletic LSU linebacker, undersized, running hit, run and hit. I mean, that's what this guy does. And he runs well, changes direction well. He's a fluid athlete. I am really excited to just see his athleticism in person. See, you know, is he clearly the most athletic linebacker they have? Holcomb moves pretty well, too. But the others, you know, Robinson, I guess, would be in that conversation, too, but is probably still a year away. So I think they're scared of what they have, and they're kind of just throwing darts, hoping they hit, you know, with, with a couple of these guys, Alexander included. Um, not a great take on guy, does cover a lot of space, adept in coverage, but will make some mistakes here and there. You know, he can miss some tackles here and there, but he's a pretty good hitter. Um, so I am, you know, exactly standing on the table for this guy like, wow, what a great addition. But I feel like I'm being a little harsh on him right now in this conversation. I don't mean to be, but he, I doubt he's the answer. You know, like I wouldn't say, oh, all the linebacker problems are solved. They won't need one ever again. You know, that's just not what I'm saying. But certainly worth the risk. Um, I think. He could start next to Holcomb, or maybe that's just a situational thing. You know, Roberts, more of a rundown player. Quan, more of a nickel linebacker. We'll see how that works out. Um, But the other aspect of it, which is going to lead me to the second half of the podcast, is he doesn't play special teams. You know, so, you know, the the difference, that's what Kawakowski has for him, is he's probably a core special teamer, if he even makes the team right now. But Alexander has very limited special teams background. And I love the idea of going and getting, you know, what Coach Tomlin calls pedigree players. You know, guys that came out with big, you know, big names, early picks, et cetera, et cetera. And Alexander wasn't a super high pick. But a lot of those pedigree players don't have a special teams background. And they're not going to get one this late in their career most of the time. So, I just found this out while I was in Latrobe. Last year, the Steelers had the lowest number of snaps from their linebackers, the you know the off-the-ball guys, of any team in the league on special teams. They got the fewest special team snaps from their linebackers last year than any team in the league. You'd think that's a core spot for it. Spillane played a lot. Bush and Jack played nearly none. So quick break here, and it's going to lead me very much into my next topic. Okay, so I'm sure some of you are putting together, you know, 53-man rosters, and this guy's in, this guy's out. What you must, must, must consider is special teams. And by that, I'm talking about the four core special teams, both punts, both kickoff returns. And generally, the Steelers are a little more generous to their special teams coach than most teams. But you basically want to give Danny Smith five core special teamers that do it all, give or take. I mean, that, that's ideal. So I just pulled up the snap special team snap counts from last year. You know, who, who were those guys a year ago? And I'm going to go down the list of most special team snaps from last year. The leaders were Derek Watt, no longer with the team, and Miles Killebrew. They both played 287 special team snaps. That led the team. They're core special teamers. Killebrew is likely going to make this team. The next group played 283, just slightly fewer. Connor Hayward, Benny Snell. Benny Snell, also not with the team. Fifth and sixth on that list are Jameer Jones and Marcus Allen. Also not on this team. All those guys played 250, 229 snaps. And Boykin's the only other one at 206. That have more than 200 special team snaps last year. James Pierre was right behind him at 196. Then it drops off. You get the trade Norwood, Arthur, Millette, and then you start, and that's pretty much that group. So, just real quick, I'm going to go through the roster. Well, no quarterbacks or no offensive linemen are going to be one of these core special teamers. Of the running backs, none of them are going to do it either. McFarland's not going to learn overnight. You don't have Snell, so you don't get a running back out of the mix. Wide receivers, it's Boykin. I mean, Boykin will be a core special teamer. I'm sure Danny Smith's high on what he did. I think that's a huge reason he's back. Yeah, he can play some offense, but, you know, Gunnar Olszewski, I don't think makes the team and, as noted, was not one of the guys that played a high percentage of special team snaps. So, that's far from a, a done deal. I mean, I don't count on him to be a core special teamer. That leaves tight ends on offense. Friarmouth, no. Gentry, no. Washington, no chance. Hayward was one of the cores last year. Sure, he probably will be again. I mean, I have little doubt of that because he's really good at it. He's smart, et cetera. But I also think there's a chance Hayward's offensive snaps jump up a little bit. You know, if he's out there on third and eight, they don't convert, and then they say run down and cover a punt, that's not an easy task. You know what I mean? So... I think he's one of them, for with with without doubt. I mean, so that gives us two. That gives us Hayward. That gives us Boykin. But maybe Hayward plays ten percent less of them. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying that. In terms of the big men on the defensive front, none of them do it. I mean, they're not going to run down on punts and you know that that type of thing. No, the edge guys. Watt, no. Highsmith, no. Golden, no. Herbig's gonna have to be a yes. I don't know if he's good at it or not. You would think his profile would be great. Um, you're the fourth outside linebacker. You're gonna have to be one of those guys. Off the ball linebacker. You're not gonna have Holcomb do it. You're not gonna have Quan do it, as we just talked about. I do think Roberts will be a high snap special teamer. Maybe not one of the five, you know, core dudes, but maybe he's like, Marcus Allen or Pierre, where he plays two-thirds of them, you know, something like that, because he's good at it. I don't think Kiwakowski makes a team, but he will have to be one of them and have to excel there to make the team. Maybe on Mark Robinson, I just think he's hard to trust. I'll just kind of leave it at that, that he's a little hard to trust. The corner group, Pierre, again, should be absolutely one of them. And I think he basically has the team made, not just for that reason, but in a deep corner room, that sets him apart. Porter, no. Uh, Patrick Peterson, absolutely not. Chandon Sullivan, maybe chips in here and there. I think Elijah Riley, who's making a lot of plays, could potentially be that. I'm going to keep an eye on what he does special team-wise, but he's certainly not guaranteed making the team. Levi Wallace is a no. And I wonder... Corey Trice, who I think has basically never done it, kind of a high pedigree guy in college. Could he have, could he look at a Pierre and say, that's a good path for me until I can become a defensive player? But again, unproven. And that leaves us with safeties. You're not going to get anything out of out of Minka, of course. Keanu Neo and KZ are no's. You know, Neil's a former first round pick, never really did much of it. Killebrew's absolutely won. Norwood is uh part-timer, 23rd thirder guy. Kenny Robinson made two interceptions in practice still last Sunday. Could he be one of these under-the-radar dudes to get in that conversation? Maybe. Oh, and there's one other name I missed. Tanner Muse, who I don't know if he's guaranteed to make the team. I mean, especially after the Quan Alexander signing, but... I do think Muse is signed for that reason and probably will be one of them. He's kind of a straight line guy, though. Watching him out there, he's not very fluid or good changing directions, which is highly important when you're covering punts and kicks. So I don't love that situation, but that's basically what he's done to this point. So it just gives you an idea of, I mean, if you're one of those five, I'm not saying you have the team made, but you're pretty darn close. I mean, one of those six, four, or five, you know, whatever it is. But it's a huge key, and, you know, you, you lost a few from last year. So, all right, over and out. Take care.